Yes, sir. Yo. What up? What's up, man? What are we now? Episode four? Episode four, man. Long time. I know, dude. Are you uh, staying healthy out there in Austin? (laughs) Yeah, man. Also, just trekking the globe, I guess, man. I've been doing a lot of travel between... Well, I guess Austin and Albuquerque, but then most recently went to Austin to Vegas to help my uh, grandfather move to Albuquerque, and then did that drive from Albuquerque or from Vegas to Albuquerque. I just feel like I've been on the move considering it's it's a pandemic out here. <laughs> yeah, man. So how's I haven't traveled since I want to say February, maybe. Um, oh, okay. So how has it been at the airport? Pretty. Uh, Pretty chill. Yeah, man, it's good. I actually like traveling more right now than I did in the past, just because it's wild, dude. You move super quick through the uh, security lines. You move, you know, it's it's just a lot less people, a lot less crowds, and uh, the you know the planes are quite a bit less filled in most cases. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I kind of liked it actually. I think it was weird, dude. When I went through Sunport in Albuquerque, I was literally the only person going through the security Holy gate shit. At, at the time that I was going. Yeah, I'd never seen that before, man. It was super weird. Man. Yeah, I remember well, I remember going through early in the morning, you know, through Albuquerque. And, it's, you know, it's a fairly small airport. I remember one time the line being so backed up <laughs> that it was like it was <laughs> uh, hitting the stairs. So as soon as you went up the stairs, the line started. Oh, yeah. So, but, you know, typically it's not too bad, you know, but it's interesting yeah. to hear that it's uh, it's pretty slow, slow moving over there, huh? Yeah, slow there. I mean, Austin was also super quick. It wasn't dead like it was in Albuquerque, but, uh, you know, it was still, still moved very quickly. There weren't a ton of people in line. Same thing with Vegas. Vegas was pretty laid back. So, yeah, man, I, I like I said, I think... I think overall, it's it's actually not a bad time to travel. Flights are cheap, you know. It's it just all comes down to like you know making sure all the other things are chill, you know, in terms of I don't know staying sanitized and all that. But but yeah, other than that, it's good, man. Just I I feel like now's the time to to knock out any trips that you need to do, as long as you know the stuff that you're doing when you land is is stuff that's open right now. Yeah, yeah, man. It looks like things are going back to normal. It appears to. Uh... Things are starting to to slow down a bit, or I guess like open back up. It seems like, um, but yeah. Did you see? It was kept pretty quiet, from what I understand. But apparently, the CDC updated the actual headcount for deaths caused by coronavirus. I, I, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, over ninety four percent of them that were originally attributed to coronavirus have been cleared as some other cause. So literally 90 over 94 percent of deaths that they thought originally were attributed to coronavirus are are not so yeah super interesting in terms of where things are at now because it really seems like it's going to show that maybe maybe things were a little bit blown out of proportion or whatever yeah i mean shit man like i think people don't want to come out as feeling stupid you know so i think it's more like an ego uh an ego thing that 
people don't want to admit, you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. Like, I'm, I'm just, just a professor, you know? So, <laughs> like, I could be just uh, making shit up, too. But dude, like, <laughs> I just think, like, maybe it wasn't that serious and fucking people were just, fuck that. We're going to keep it, we're going to keep it shut down because we committed to it, you know? And now they, yeah. if they go back on their word, like, the credibility goes out the window and that potentially, uh, could fuck with their their, their employment election, bro. Yeah, well, that yeah. too, man. Yeah, you know that too. That that that's that's also true, man. So, well, cool, man. Well, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're back, bro. Fucking hype, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Back at it. Back at it again. <laughs> yeah, man. how's uh, how's things been on your end, dude? Things have been uh, they've been pretty good, man. I've been doing uh. Well, so I stopped doing blood and guts, like in mm. the workout. Um, been picking up on the reading a little bit here and there, and I recently started. <laughs> I started turning off my AC on my way home, <laughs> <laughs> just to see, just to see. I don't know, man. Just I was just like, I wonder what will happen if I just have no AC on the way home. And dude, it's fucking hot. You know, it's like 110 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I don't know. Windows down or no up, up dude? Like I'm doing <laughs> like uh, I was like, well, you know, like people go in the sauna and shit. And I was like, I wonder, like, if you need AC, like for reals, for reals. And you actually don't. So, but dude, I was dude, I come home, I'm like winded, bro. But then it just like made me think, like maybe this is a good thing because. Well, like I'm on, like when I'm on my way home, like I don't plan on going out typically, right? Like I'm typically yeah. like done for the day and Yeah, I mean I get home a little sweaty, but like who fucking cares, you know? But dude, I was like <laughs> like I went to the bathroom as soon as I got home, I was all red and shit. I was all sweaty and uh <laughs> yeah, dude, I was like, Man, like this is this I might be on something because well, you know, like you I'm just thinking about just being so sedentary and like, how do you get most out of what you do? You know, like yeah. getting the most out of everything. And, and like, you know, the majority of people do it like your commute, you turn it into like a learning experience by listening to something educational, right? Like, you know, people listen to this podcast on, on their way to work or, or listen to, uh, the JRE on the way to work or, or audiobooks and stuff. And, and like all that stuff is great, but then it's, you know, there's, I feel like maybe there's like a different component that you could uh, tap into, you know, and, and mm. like the, like the, the constant seeking of discomfort. That's, that's something that like, I, I don't know, I feel like maybe I like I'm a little hooked on that, but like the mm -hmm. constant seeking of discomfort, uh, it just kind of attract me to it. And, and I was like, man, like, this is uh, pretty interesting. But the shitty thing, though, man, is that, like, the downside to it is, like, so my, I, was, I was listening to something on the way here, and then my phone, like, over here. <laughs> it over yeah, here. dude, in the fucking car. I was like, fuck, man. Like, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. But that always used to piss me off in the sauna, dude. Whenever I'd take my phone in there with me, like. Uh, it would, like you said, I mean, it would take a while to get to that point where it was overheated, yeah. but actually what, what the worst part was, 
because I, I could leave I have Bluetooth headphones so I could like leave the phone outside of the sauna and the Bluetooth would reach yeah. but it would get so hot that the actual headphones the Bluetooth headphones no or shit. earbuds would would actually shut down dude after like five minutes every time no so shit. it was just it was just always me and my thoughts in the sauna yeah well I mean, which is not a bad thing you know which is not yeah, a bad, it's thing, not a bad yeah. thing at all and then uh the other thing dude that like we've been incorporating and in, in, uh something new it's uh, we've been doing uh like three rounds of the Wim Hof breathing uh mm. but like me and Gabby do it every day together and oh cool. yeah man and and you know like it's just i think like it hits in in a different level like not so much like yes there's personal gains right like there's individual gains but there's also like from a uh like a relationship standpoint there's a certain level of a commitment and um mm. and growth like th- that it has impacted our relationship i don't want to say like dramatically or whatever because we just started doing this week but you know it's something right. like uh you know when w- you're talking about like uh, building a team and 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 the flow of an environment and things like that like uh, there's there's power in struggling together right like yeah. and i think you know as you know this is not very dramatic but there's a certain component that kind of brings us closer by going through that hard experience daily you know because it's first thing in the morning like right. at five thirty. is well i mean I'm, I'm typically up and have already lifted by then but uh you know it's 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 a good uh good little morning routine that we've incorporated and it's been that's been pretty good i wasn't doing Wim Hof uh, before this as often I, I would do it like every now and then but now we're doing it daily and uh, i could do two minutes man no no uh no air so <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty good man pretty good yeah intense it's a weird it's a weird feeling trying to fight the uh, trying to fight the feeling of not having air, like literally not having oxygen, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, you you did the you, – were you doing the cold shower stuff before or – Yeah, I had messed around with it a little bit, not like super extensively, but like I had seen, for example, that Wim Hof has the – what is it? Like the 30-day cold shower challenge or something like that. So I, I hadn't quite done that, but I had definitely done – um just some challenges like on my own mm-hmm. with it after listening to some of his concepts the the problem that i had when i had originally tried it is and i'm actually still kind of have that issue a little bit right now is the the showers that i've had don't get that cold yeah <laughs> yeah I have, I have the same issue right here too man i have the same issue because well so for me it's like if i don't like if i don't take a cold shower before the sun comes up like I'm fucked. Yeah. Dude, like, it's a warm shower, dog. And, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think, though, there's still this power in, in getting in the shower and then turning on the shower. Mm. You know? Like, mm-hmm. that, like, nostalgia that you get because it's like, oh, it's going to be fucking cold. Like, because even if it's like two, you know, it might be like five to 10 seconds only. Uh, but just that, like that yeah. initial shock, you know, it, it, I, I, f- I found right. some benefit to it, but yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Cause like you said, I, even if it's not 
just deathly cold or something like you're gonna have it's, it's gonna be a hell of a lot colder than you know the the current body temp that you were at or whatever so you're, you're like you said you're still gonna get that shock or that jolt at, at the very least even if it only lasts you know 15 yeah. seconds or something yeah and then the other thing that i've done too is like i'll put on like sweats and a hoodie and then i'll run like a mile or or ride the bike uh, yeah. you know it'll be all hot and shit and I'll take that off and just hop in turn it on and uh, mm. you know just just to shock the body uh yeah <laughs> gotta confuse it reminded me of uh, Rich Piano, man. Just uh, <laughs> rest in peace, you know. Uh, <laughs> which, which, uh, which, a uh, plug right there. Make sure everybody's listening and check out the the Instagram page, Bro Brain Podcast, yeah. um, where you know putting some some updates on some of the shit that we. I think it's going to have, like, a lot of our personalities in there. Like, some of the stuff that, like, inspired us or drives us or the shit that we're into, yeah. you know, I think. But just more to follow. There will definitely be updates there, though, for just the podcast in general as well. So, Yeah, and a nice nice little visual component, you know, since since all the podcast, obviously, is, is audio. It's going to... For for all the visual learners out there, you know, it'll be a nice little nice little visual component as well. Yeah, yeah, especially that profile picture, dude. That <laughs> one's like <laughs> legendary, man. Legendary. Costco's never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, man. You want to get through this book or what? Yeah. So exciting times, man. Yeah. We've we've spent the last, uh, I guess, last four weeks or so, yeah. you know, working through Limitless by Jim Quick and, you know, have covered obviously some really, really like foundational topics, you know, when it comes to just trying to unlimited your, unlimit your mind, you know, find your what, your why, and most recently kind of digging into a little bit more of the how piece you yeah. Know, with I know last time we covered a little bit of of the focus and uh, study chapters, whereas this time around, you know, we hopped into more of I think the pieces that for a lot of people, like I, I know at least myself, jumping into the book, this is some of the stuff that I was like most interested in or most excited by. You know, like memory, of course, is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter thirteen, memory, speed reading is chapter fourteen, and then thinking is chapter fifteen. So those all super super interesting especially building off of the earlier concepts in the book you know with freeing your mind and uh limiting beliefs and purpose and energy so i think this was really kind of like the last piece of tying it together so definitely kind of curious to hear you know any any thought especially since you had you had originally had some some prior experience with the book any interesting takeaways that you had you know on kind of this this next go around um and kind of especially comparing you know reading through it this time compared to the first time anything that stood out to you in in terms of memory or thinking yeah yeah you know what one of the things that i've been kind of very interested in this is just like our attention span and how short it's becoming and yeah you know i know for me like it's it seems that it's just getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and as I was reading this book, it, one of the things that talked about was that like we, we over depend on technology. 
right yeah. and like we don't like we don't really have to think that much which is like you, you want to know where something is you fucking google it yeah you are curious on how far something is you type it on google maps or you know you want to know how to spell a word or you fucking you voice with the siri you know and yeah. it, and it's like we're we're so quick to reach in our pockets and 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 press the the ease button instead of like actually uh thinking you know and and uh and it's 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 like we we don't really have an opportunity it's not that we don't have an opportunity but we don't uh try to have opportunities to be creative anymore it's more like we 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 kind of don't have imagination. Mm-hmm. We just kind of try to find it. Like we like our creativity comes from how we search for things. You know, like that's where yeah. we like. It's almost like that's where our creativity is going. It's like how what order of words are you going to type into Google that is going to come up like that is going to reflect what you're trying to explain or is going to reflect what you're trying to envision or what hashtag <laughs> yeah. are you going to use. You know, it's going to find or, or, you know, like you, you're trying to explain something and then you refer to a beam. Yeah. You know, like and, and uh, that's what like kind of started to me this time more than, than previous times. Uh, and, and, you know, just like we it's well, dude, to give an example. So like after reading this last week, I turned off my phone on Sunday, just the whole day. Mm. And then uh, so we, we went out with our cell phones me and Gabby and dude like we 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 wanted to go to to a coffee shop we went and we we ended up finding one right but then on our way back we we passed by one that was closest closer to our house Mm -hmm. you know with like less people and then it just made me realize like I I would have never known that that was here like I I, would have came to that one the one that was closest to the house if I would have had my cell phone you know, because, like, we would have just Googled it. Like, that was the habit, right? Like, you get in the car, you're like, all right, where we're going to go? Or, like, what do we want? Where do we get it? Okay, I'm just going to find it. You know, like, type, get the directions to the place. Mm-hmm. Instead, we have to, like, go out into the wild on our own, you know, and, like, kind of got lost and stuff. But it's like, and we have to go further away because we didn't know where we were. And it's like, dude, we've been living here for six months. Yeah. You know? And, like, we're still relying on, like, we don't even know what's around us because we're relying on technology so much right yeah yeah and that ties that ties into what jim quick talked about actually at the beginning of the book too yeah with the the d's you know digital deduction digital deluge mm-hmm. digital dimension digital distraction you know like you said all of that is a super super interesting topic nowadays just because like you said everyone has a a smartphone everyone has access to the internet like it's interesting because i've thought about this before you know you think about like when you're applying for a job and the responsibilities and the requirements and stuff and you know with certain jobs you you sometimes in the requirements they have things that are maybe considered like above and beyond or extra compared to the normal office job you know like hey, you have to be available for travel, you know, 30% of the year, or you have to have your own vehicle so you can like make sales calls or something. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because I feel like at one point there, there were certain things that maybe were considered extra or, you know, like a preferred requirement, you know, in terms of like, hey, 
you know, have your own cell phone so you can make calls whenever or like, you know, have yeah. access to like a word processor or things like that. Whereas now it's just assumed because they're, they're as ubiquitous as having utilities, you know, as having water, yeah. or having heat in your house or something like now it's just assumed, oh, hey, you, like I do this all the time, you know, in my job with recruiting, it's like, hey, we're going to send you, you know, this DocuSign PDF uh, for your offer letters. So be on the lookout for that. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're, it, it's unspoken that you have an email address, that you have a computer, uh, the internet, yeah. you know, computer yeah. that you can fill out the DocuSign, you know, like it's all of that is it's so ubiquitous now that it's just yeah it's just assumed it's super interesting and and i think like you said the consequence of that is these things like digital distraction and digital deluge where you know you're exactly like you said now our first instinct is to if you don't know something is to just like hit a couple buttons and, and hit a google search rather than trying to like push your memory and and think like i i know this like let me the noise you know and, and try and remember it rather than ah, i'll just take like two keystrokes and on google you know exactly yeah man and you did like you know elon musk said it and uh me i was reading like the second paragraph says we commonly say that we are looking for interdisciplinary and synthetic think thinkers who can make connections between disparate fields and see new paths for discovery and but Elon Musk said, like, we're a new species of people because we're attached to our phones, right? Like, yeah, we have access to every level of information, you know, and, and it's like we, we don't really have to waste time remembering anything, you know, because, like, how many times do you just make a note, right? And you type information in a note on your phone, and then whenever you need that information, you just look it up on your own cell phone. Yeah, you know, like, like I don't know if you search for your notes, right? Like, you go to your, I, I have a lot of notes in my shit. I have a lot of information in my little note app, and whenever I need information, I just look it up on my notes, which is fucking crazy, you know. But, right. but it's like there's like minimal requirements for memorization, and it's like, uh, like we we don't, it's not, it's like no, it's really no longer a requirement. You know, yeah. which is which is very interesting. Now, if you think about it, like, you know, everything that you did growing up in school, right? It was all memory work. Right. And now it's like, that's obsolete because it doesn't matter, right? Like, the fact that I don't remember anything from high school, like, just nobody cares. Right. Because I could just look up the information. And, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, man, it's very interesting. But then, like, for, for that, it talked about, so for me, right, like, you know, I don't want to, like, jump too much into into the next chapter because there's still some other things I want to cover in this one specifically. But uh, the just, like, reading, right? Like, reading, so for me, like, speed reading kind of allows me to kind of plant seeds in my mind where I could access information in a book as opposed to, like, watch a YouTube video and just kind of remember that video, you know? But, like, if I don't remember the title of the video... And the video, if the video is like two hours long, then I'm not really going to have access to the information. But then if I remember, right. like if I'm reading something, like if I do some of the stuff that he talks about in the speed reading chapter, uh, you know, like before I read the chapter, I ask certain questions and then I, I, I capture certain information and remember certain information. Whenever that topic comes up, then I could reference, I go back to a book and be like, hey, 
I remember reading about this in a chapter about this, and I could read the table of context, then I could make the connections and find the answer much quicker now, which is very interesting. Yeah. You know, this is something that I never really thought about previously. But, it, you know, it, it makes a lot more sense. You know, it's like, it's like the book is a seed of thought. And, you know, with your actions, you can water it and get information out of it. If that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, like you said, um, it it's really interesting to see, you know, kind of going back to dispelling some of like the limiting beliefs and, you know, just, I mean, as, as kind of cliche as it might sound, you know, again, kind of unlimiting your brain or, or unlocking some of the potential because you it does, I think some of these later chapters do sort of reveal that again, in terms of you know, just uh, the, the automatic negative thoughts or, mm-hmm. or the self-limiting beliefs that you have that you're not even aware of. Because for me, for example, on the memory piece, I always kind of, I, I feel like, especially lately, one of the ways I've been kind of harder on myself is, you know, I, like I work with a lot of smart people, obviously. And then I also, uh, the candidates I talk to are, are all very smart. And sometimes I just think, I don't know, I, I've like built up this impression of those types of people in my head where I'm, I think, oh, they're the type of person who can like read this paragraph once quickly and like basically have it locked into their memory mm-hmm. just from just from reading it, like not doing any sort of behind the scenes work or anything. And and I can't do that. And so therefore, like they're just innately smarter or they're they have like this like inherent edge. And I think some of the things even just in the memory chapter that were a bit illuminating that, you know, again, kind of remind me that a lot of times there's so much going on behind the scenes is, you know, talking about how people remember, right. Or how people memorize things and saying that like the way you learn in school is to memorize by rote. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you're trying to learn, you know, uh, your multiplication tables and you're saying like, okay, you know, like he, he uses, you know, four times six, for example, like you're going to, you're going to write that over and over. You're going to say that over and over until eventually the way he puts it, the way Jim quick uh, references it in the book, he's like, you say that so many times or you, you force that into your head so many times that eventually you make it stick by, out of boredom. Like your, yeah. you know, your brain eventually is just like, okay, shit, I get it. Four yeah. Times six, 24. I got you. I got you you know, rather than trying to work smarter, not harder. And yeah, and the way he kind of talks about, you know, getting through that is like, yeah, there's some background things that you can do even before pre- necessarily being presented with the information you want to remember, you know, things like motivation, you know, making sure that you feel like you understand the why behind mm-hmm. why you want to hold on to some piece of information. Yeah. Uh, observation, you know, making sure that you actually are active and paying attention to it. Um, and then, of course, kind of going into some of the methods, I thought it, it was it was sort of interesting how much, um, you know, kind of as you alluded to, how much how much importance was put into attention, right? Like mm-hmm. just that alone was a huge piece that he was like, you really have to be aware of how much, you know, how much role your attention span plays and making sure that you're being attentive to whatever it is you're trying to uh, memorize. But then on top of that, all these other little like tools and mnemonic devices, you know, you have things like using visualization where, for example, he talks about, you know, hey, here's here's a list of, you know, 
10 words, try and memorize them real quick. Yeah. And the example he uses in the book is, you know, for most people, you're probably taught like, okay, uh, if you got to memorize these 10 words right now in the next 30 seconds, you're going to just probably try and say them over and over and over in your head as quickly as possible, as many times as you can in that 30 seconds and hope that it sticks. Whereas he uses like the visualization example where, you know, let's say like the words are, you know, include like a a fire hydrant and and an Mm -hmm. ox and balloons, like rather than just trying to remember those by rote, you know, it's, it's like, he uses the example of visualization to say, okay, you're picturing in your mind that you're standing next to a giant fire hydrant, you know, a huge one that, so it stands out to you. And then next you're attaching a bunch of balloons on top of it. Um, and then, you know, and it's like going into this whole like connection of all these different pieces visualized in your head to the point that not only can you do it much faster than if you're trying to, to memorize things by rote, but you're yeah. also kind of by association kind of yeah. locking them all together into one piece. Yeah. And so, so I thought that was super interesting. Um, Dude, the, and, uh, the vis- you know, it's just, different, right? Yeah. Sorry. Just to cut you out the visualization no. one. Dude, I found, I just remember, like, how did you learn about working out? Ooh, you know, like, yeah. I was just thinking about, like, so I wrote on here that, like, you, I've been, so for me personally, right, and I'm curious to hear, like, if this applied to you too, but, you know, so I started to, I had to visualize the body, right, and, and, mm. and I started to visualize the extension, the contraction, the extension, the concentric motion, and that's how I started, like, I started kind of, like, working up a little story, and, you know, like memorizing workouts, right? Like, or memorizing routines. Like, how do, you, how do we know to bench before doing dumbbell flies, right? right. Or, or how, like, how did you know to, to, like, hit triceps after hitting chest on Monday? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, how, how did you know to, like, you know, hit, hit the biceps both angles, like, after back? Or, or you know, like, the, the, the different exercises, like, it's almost like we, we categorize them based on a story, right? right. And, like, that was, like, memorized because, I mean, we, you know, we weren't really big on, like, carrying training logs and stuff. And, right. and, you know, like, we, I think, like, forms were pretty relevant, but I think I think for the most part, we kind of winged it, right? Like, we, we yeah. made it, like, we went, like, by feel, you know, but we knew, like, okay, like, if we want to do work out this specific body part, this is the kind of the progression, like compounds are first. Okay. So what are the compounds that fit this body part? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, so, so for me, I was like yeah. the, the visualization kind of helped me memorize like those workouts, like understanding the why it's like, you know, well, I want to have a wide back and all this shit. Like it, it, it kind of helped paint the picture and tie in, not necessarily like the words, but what the exercises were and then the right. importance of the order, but it was all yeah. based on the story, right? Like, and, uh, right. And even you know, down to even like smaller pieces, like the rep sets and reps schema, right. you know, like, like you said, you're thinking, okay, well today I'm working on back. So then, you know, maybe you're watching like a motivational and it's all about like you know back and deadlifts and stuff like that and so you're like getting your mind primed and and you're you know you're reminding yourself motivation like 
this is where I'm about to go in and, and hit the shit hard, you know? Yeah. And once you get there, like you said, you're like, okay, well, I got the most energy at the beginning. Like, you know, you're telling yourself, I have the most energy at the beginning. I'm going to, you know, utilize it on the big compound lifts. Right. I'm going to start, you know, it's going to start at these rep ranges. You know, you're, you're probably going to be lifting heavier, so it's shorter. And like you mm-hmm. said, you kind of create this um, this whole sort of narrative that you know it it logically floats you know you as you get you're like ah okay what am i supposed to do after the first couple ones then you get down to you know uh like you said like maybe like the rear delts you know you're like okay well it's a smaller muscle group this is towards the end it's more of a finisher i'm probably going to be doing a little bit lighter weight and thus a little bit higher reps you know like like Mm -hmm. you said it kind of all logically flows into one package rather than trying to you know in your head memorize like okay it's going to be deadlifts four by six rows eight by you know like that kind of yeah more like a robotic uh point like like emotionless you know right like yeah 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 man it's 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 pretty interesting like the different methods bro yeah and i I think another good example too like that maybe some people are are already familiar with just in like everyday life is i feel like because i've i'd heard this before um before reading the book but like grouping things together just like we were saying like sometimes it's a matter of visualization sometimes it's a matter of association and sometimes you can truly just like group things together to make it smaller or how can i put it fewer big pieces rather than Mm -hmm. more small pieces and what i mean by that is like a if you're trying to memorize say like a phone number for example if you're trying you know there's 10 digits in a phone number and so usually if you're going through and you're trying to memorize 10 pieces of information well 10 you know just right off the rip can can be a lot but then with when you break it up into well like the first three numbers rather than it being like okay there's a five and then there's a zero and then there's a five you can like group that information into okay the the area code is 505 you know, like mm-hmm. you're in like you're in your head, like that piece of information, it's not three digits, it's one piece, which is 505. And then you go to the mm-hmm. next, so then it's like the next three can be grouped together. And then the next four can be grouped. And then it's like you're memorizing three pieces of information rather yeah. than 10, you know? Yeah, no, dude, it makes sense, man. And then I have on here, you know, the, the, the association piece, like, I have that we wanted to make gains, so we associated learning about nutrition with muscle gains, and because muscle gains were the goal, like we found a easier, like you're saying, you know, you group those two together, uh, and it was, I don't know, felt like the interest was just there to also learn about nutrition uh, based on like the narrative that you told yourself prior, right? Like, okay, so if I have to lose, if I want to lose, like, body fat or whatever, I still maintain the mass, like, how do I have to eat? You know, like, yeah, like, the workout's okay, that's 50% of it, but then what about the other 50%? And then it's, like, that increases the interest and wanting to learn about nutrition. Right. Which, which, you know, like, sets you up for success long-term, you know? Yeah, and and ties right back into kind of the – again like the priming steps of motivation right like you said like you're you're associating it with the goal but then you're also associating it with just that like foundational motivation of why because like you said if you have that strong why like here's where i want to get to and i know like knowing my nutrition putting it down pat it's going to get me there that's going to be you're going to be more attentive and 
when trying to take in that information and memorize it than if you were just like, well, I can eat like shit and like still make, still get where I want to go. So like all this nutrition stuff doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah, dude, it reminds me of like how much bro science do you think you just remembered? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, and it's like without a doubt, you know, like you knew exactly what to do. Like, yeah, the the just the pre-workouts you know like the the nutrition the supplementation all that shit like <laughs> like i didn't read no books dude i like yeah. you know like <laughs> watch a couple youtube videos like you know flip through some magazines saw some pictures went to a couple like olympia shows and read a couple like the back of a couple of bottles you know <laughs> and then it just somehow like it all made sense you know yeah i mean yeah that's true like you said when you when you start when you start kind of creating those those visualizations and those narratives you know it's pretty powerful in terms of being able to to extrapolate or to remember certain things because like you said i remember thinking back in the day it's like okay well you know if if i work out like you said like the bro science of being able to be like i could all right if i work out and i deplete all my glycogen in the muscle well, mm -hmm. I know glycogen comes from carbs. And so I remember from nutrition, you know, uh, carbs, there's fast digesting and slow digesting carbs. So after the workout, if I'm trying to replenish glycogen as quickly as possible, like, therefore, it makes sense to try and eat some fast digesting carbs. What are fast digesting carbs that I know of? Well, you know, <laughs> it just kind of like all yeah. kind of piles on. Um, yeah, like you said, in, in like that bro science type way, rather than I, I don't know, it's, it's interesting for sure to 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 lock into the how, you know, like the how and, and like how we remembered things, how we stuck with it. And, and yeah, I think it makes a lot of, it, especially in the, you know, when it came to working out and, and like bodybuilding type goals, the motivation was super strong there. And I think that was a big, a big foundational piece um, to everything else, because it's like, once you have the motivation in place, you're going to be observing things more. You're going to be paying attention you know, you're gonna, when it comes down to the methods, you're gonna be fully in it and fully receptive to it. And you're gonna maximize the things that we talked about, like visualization and association and emotion and location, like those, those pieces are all going to come into place. Yeah, to me, it's super interesting, just the whole bro science idea, because I feel like there's so much power behind it. Like, there's so many lessons, you know, that like, you know, this is just like scratching the surface. But then you're talking about like no shit change in your environment completely just by like one desire, right? Like, like you are unhappy with the way that you look, therefore you go to extremes to change it. And then your whole life changes, yeah. you know? And then it's like, and how powerful is that? You know? And like, like how, like how can we apply that to other areas of your life? You know? Yeah. Like this, to me, that's like, it's very interesting just how, well, you know, just like, the motivation piece, right? And like what that makes you do and and I don't know, I feel like it's kinda what uh what's making us read some of these books, you know? Yeah. No, very true. I think like you said, that motivation piece is still there, but it's just sort of now in, in twenty twenty, you know, where where we're at now. It's it's kind of taking things in a little di different direction, but still like those principles are still there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see. So I think that's all I have for the memory portion because uh, some of the stuff is like just 
tools to remember people's names and stuff, which and how to add uh, or how to memorize these new languages, which, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's useful information, but it didn't yeah. really, I think this is more like the how portion of the chapter, which kind of, it's yeah, like, yeah. one of the things that I really like about this book is, is it's more like, well, like kind of what I said earlier, right? Like this is, there's a bunch of information on here and, and just by like reading through it, like, you know, that you can go come back to this book for specifics and, you know, even to include some of the nutrition pieces that he talks about and, and different techniques. Like, and I think, uh, you know, if, if you're going to go to like, for example, like a networking uh, event, maybe it's, it'll be good to uh, revisit some of these quick ways to remember everyone's name or, or if you actually want to learn a, a new language, uh, he also provides some pretty uh, interesting tools and that incorporate some of the things that we just covered, like vis- visualization and places and all that shit. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know we've kind of talked a little bit in the past about it, but probably I think worthwhile for anyone listening to, to talk a bit about the speed reading chapter, because okay. I think that one has some really interesting nuggets in there that we can you know kind of quickly talk about because i think as i mentioned last week you know you when you had said hey you know before hopping into the limitless book Mm -hmm. i would recommend hopping in and starting with the speed reading chapter first and then kind of applying the lessons to that into the rest of the book that was that was a super interesting piece of advice just because i think everything that you start learning in that is is very much applicable as you're going through the book and, and obviously I think in some ways sort of helps with your retention of information and and speed that you can go through the book. But there were some interesting things that, you know, anybody listening can kind of instantly start putting into practice, you know, and I, I think even for me, one of the, one of the interesting pieces of the chapter was just understanding like the why of reading, because I think you and I both were coming from a, a, a background where at least most recently, you know, like in the last couple of years, both of us, I think have relied mainly on audio methods. Yeah. Like audio or, yeah. or maybe like a YouTube video or something yeah. in terms of getting, uh, getting in touch with, you know, these different subjects and learning from people. And I know that's a debate that's popped up um, in my circle once, once or twice where it's like, well, is listening to an audiobook the same as reading the book? You know, like, are you getting, it's the same information, sure, but, like, is it is it the same, right? And yeah. I think the interesting thing is, while you, well, there's against audiobooks or podcasts at all, because you are still getting that information, mm-hmm. I think one piece that you're, you're maybe missing out on from not reading uh, that Jim Quick talks about is because the brain, even though it's an organ, it functions like a muscle, you're yeah. getting like basically exercise out of reading, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're the, the physical act of reading and like following uh, words on a page and assimilating them and comprehending them, you know, it's, it's, it's acting the same way as if, you know, a dumbbell, you're lifting a dumbbell would help, you know, uh, exercise and, and build your bicep, for example. Absolutely. So he, th- he talks about, you know, reading having a great impact on your memory impact on your focus your vocabulary imagination um and literally 
in the sense that again it's it's as if you're training a muscle so it, so it was super super useful i think to even just kind of read through some of the insights that he has on like how how it can improve those areas the why because i think you know i think for both of us it was really an eye opening experience of oh man this this is definitely something like if you're not reading yeah. you're missing out yeah you know? did you notice any benefits that carry over to other aspects of your life just from reading like from picking it back up like reading uh, religiously as opposed to just relying on audios and youtube and stuff yeah i i think i've definitely noticed you know even though most of maybe like my average day-to-day is you know for my job for example is usually reading off of screens for example mm-hmm. you know even with that I think it's still it's still relevant because I still feel like I'm able to I'm, I'm still able to read through emails and read through like articles or pieces of information quicker than than I think I was before, just because again like the brain feels a little bit sharper it feels a little yeah. bit more tuned in. Um, you start picking up some interesting things like, you know, even improving your um, e- even just your ability to kind of take take in a like a whole paragraph or an article or something. And like, even at first glance, using your peripheral vision, for example, like you start yeah. honing your peripherals, you start honing your ability to kind of uh, leverage things like primacy and recency to kind of get, you know, cause a lot of times in an article, for example, they'll give you, they'll follow the, the typical like essay structure of like an introduction that kind of tells you what the article is going to be at, be about mm-hmm. then like support, support, Inclusion kind of being like, here's what you just read. Here's why, you know, the we're saying what we're saying, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. And so kind of like being able to take that into account, even as you're reading something, I think, you know, again, it, it allows you to sort of move very, very quickly and still try and pick up the the key points and, and pick up the information while moving quicker. So so that was kind of what I noticed. I feel like it's just, you know, having having the ability to, to kind of pick up the pace on certain things um, and even... I think even just again, the 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 optimism experienced of feeling like it is a a, a muscle, you know, something yeah. that can be improved mm-hmm. rather than just like a static static attribute. I think was big as well. Yeah, one of the things that helped me was I I could focus for a lot longer now, and mm-hmm. I think part of it was almost like a, like I overcame a limited belief, but just being able to well, not be intimidated, you know, and, and you know, like, yeah. and I, I, I don't know if I talked about it on here, but, you know, when I was doing 75 hard the first time, which requires 10 pages of reading a book per day, dude, I remember just like fucking dreading that, you know, and it'll take yeah. me like 20 minutes for 10 pages. And now, you know, I've implemented this thing where like I leave books just all around the house and, and uh, primarily it's books that I've already read, but, you know, instead of every time I, I like, I will reach for my phone, I just reach for a book, you know, and, yeah. and, and I'm knocking out like nine to 12 pages per sitting, which, yeah. you know, like they add up to, I don't know, whatever the count is for the day. But it's like, and I remember when 10 pages was like, a, okay, like I got to make sure that everything is like, I'm done with everything that I'm going to have fucking 30 minutes to try to read this 10 pages. And now, like ten pages don't even don't even phase me, you yeah. know. And and uh, but then I've also noticed like, my I think my vocabulary has 
gotten a little bit better as well because mm. I'm exposing myself to more words. And mm-hmm. I remember also being intimidated by the size of a paragraph because, mm-hmm. again, like I wasn't a very good reader previously. And, you know, some of these, like, for example, like a real estate contract would be very lengthy. And it'll get to a point where, like, I'll get desperate and I'll just, like, jump to conclusions and just sign or I, w- I would avoid reading or, or like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't really pay too much attention because I couldn't believe that I could process that amount of information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, so that's been probably one of the, the biggest uh, factors that I, I've kind of, uh, that I've kind of, like, gone to. But then and I think also probably, like, last one would be, like, <laughs> I'm able to think, like, I'm, I'm able to relate to other people. Like, for example, I was listening to Dorian Yates' interview, and he was talking about, like, he would just read books on nutrition and exercise. And then he wouldn't really use social media or engage with anything. Uh, not that he had social media back then, I mean, like, TV or anything. Because he was just like, I'll just be reading my books and do my own, like, and figure out my own shit. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. really, you know, consume what other people were doing. I didn't give a fuck what anybody else was doing. I just did whatever I had to do. And I would just, you know, it was like kind of like that monk mindset. Like, I feel like I'm adopting that because it's like, if I want to understand something, like I'll, I'll read a book on it. Yeah. You know, and then I'll think about it. And then I'll read, like, you know, like the, the research is, I think is more extensive as opposed to, if I want to know about something or someone, I could just Google it and watch a video, a 10 minute video at the most. And then like, yeah, make a bullshit assumption on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I I think, I think there were a lot of really good takeaways in it. And, you know, in terms of motivation to, you know, for, for the listeners to read it, I think there was even some of the stuff about like regression, you know, finding reading a paragraph or reading a page and then pausing and then being like, I don't know what the hell I just read. And then like feeling like you got to go back, you mm-hmm. know, he talks about that, about sub vocalization, you know, which is like your, your inner voice in your head that's reading along, you know, that's super interesting. Cause I think probably some people already know this, but you know, that's, you can, when you're, when you're paying attention to that sub vocalization, you can only read as fast as basically someone's speaking. Yeah. Whereas if you're reading as fast as you can basically look at words, that's going to be much, much faster. Right. And so, you know, he talks a lot about how to, to overcome, uh, overcome sub vocalization, overcome that challenge. You know, there's, he tackles a lot of myths in there. So I think definitely, definitely a, a big chapter for anyone who's interested in, you know, just retaining information better, reading better, ways to to stay sharp, you know, ways to stay, keep, keep your brain challenged or, or kind of exercise. I think, honestly, I think I'm a little bit biased. I think since, like I said, you, you had kind of mentioned reading that chapter first. So it, it's one of the chapters that I've read twice, but I just think that was definitely an impactful chapter for anyone who has you know any sort of interest in upping their reading game and i think especially when he talks about the why you know it's super 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 relevant to basically anyone yeah do you do you count when you do the like to mute your sub vocalization or what do you do i so i at, at first i was like 
I don't know, man, that seems a little too weird. And, you know, like I tried it like half acidly yeah. and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I can't, it's, it's not really working for me. But as I kept like practicing, cause that's part of, you know, one of the things that he prescribes in, in the chapter is, you know, everyday practice yeah. and doing it every day, having um, constant, constant opportunity to keep flexing that muscle basically I realized that I was hitting not, not necessarily a plateau with just tracing the, the words with my fingers. Um, but I, I did feel that I guess as I got more and more comfortable with tracing, um, you know, like I said, tracing the words, I did notice that I felt, I don't know, I guess more self-aware of the sub vocalization that was happening. And so I still felt like there was area of a area of improvement there. So then I, I kind of started picking up the counting thing again. And I definitely don't think I'm like a hundred percent in terms of how I've, how I've incorporated it. Like, I think there's still work to be done, but I, I do think it's actually a much more useful tool now than, than I first thought, because like I said before, I was like, dude, read something and comprehend it and also count. <laughs> but I think, I think the challenge there was that again, I was coming from a place of having like a very distracted mind. Yeah and in a short attention span and so trying to do that like yeah at first glance like it sounds impossible but then as you do start honing your you know again like just as it gets easier to run a mile once you've actually done it and you know you're getting healthier and you start being able to do it faster like it's the same sort of concept right yeah what i like to do the one two three four i don't know sometimes it fucks me up but what i started doing was i started pairing my breathing through the lines so i'll like mm. i'll say like inhale exhale instead of saying one two three four so you know as and as i'll finish well it depends on the size of the book and you know like how many words per line and shit but i'll do like yeah i'll do like inhale as i'm reading one line and then exhale as i'm reading another line or sometimes i'll read if i'm reading faster i'll, I'll inhale on two lines and then exhale on two lines and so i i've been doing that and to me that that mm. that seems to help because i feel like i focus on that yeah on, on the inhale and exhale as opposed to thinking about counting i think that's what like, yeah. kind of fucked me up a little bit just as i have to think to count and but if right. i just focus on my breath then i can sink it to the lines and it kind of to me it just kind of flows a little bit better yeah, that's interesting because it, it's kind of a similar principle to like meditation. Exactly. In the sense that you have you have kind of that anchor to to guide you or to fall back on, but at the same time, it's not something that's uh, requiring a ton of like conscious thoughts or, or conscious direction. So you, it kind of hits that sweet spot, like you said, of being able to anchor you down and have like a direction in terms of your attention uh -huh. but at the same time not being something so like cognitively demanding that you're like trying to multitask or something yeah man absolutely you're absolutely right cool so brings so us on thinking man yeah the last chapter man this one was uh it's almost interesting um i think that's what i have do you have anything that, like stood out to you right off the bat? Yeah, I I think so. You know, one of the pieces that he talks about, of course, is 
sort of a throwback to the types of genius, you know, but he talks about how are you smart, like in what way, you know, and, and so of course he talks about like spatial intelligence, I guess, or, or smartness, uh, bodily, kinesthetic, musical, uh, visual, you know, like those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I think that one was kind of interesting because I've always, I've always sort of had an idea of where like maybe where i excelled or or where i did did uh above average and and so kind of just thinking about those different categories was was interesting of course the learning style piece was really interesting as well because you know i think everybody's probably been exposed to that at some point but you know being visual auditory or kinesthetic he has a whole uh quiz in there to kind of figure out what kind of learner you you are in my case there wasn't any any surprise on mine. I I've always kind of identified as a visual visual learning uh visual learner, and and that's kind of what was reflected on my end. What was what was yours out of curiosity? Dude, so I took the test. I don't think I graded myself. Where the fuck do I find this? So I, I like <laughs> I have a. All right, once we run down the answers. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I guess I guess we'll have to come back to that. But I did. I did take the test. I guess like yeah, I did. Uh, where's where's the key? Like, how do I know? That one uh, is on page two sixty four. Once you write down your answers, use this key to see which type of learning you are. Okay, so I am. I get it. I am a, a combination of a visual and. What's the case stand for? Kinesthetic. kinesthetic. Yeah. So visual and kinesthetic. It's roughly around 50-50. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. So. Yeah. And, and I think that one, you know, again, these are just all tools. You know, it, it doesn't, I think it, it's just a useful thing to know. You know, it's not super, super essential, but just, again, kind of knowing some of the tendencies that work best for you are interesting you know, are, are useful to take forward because, you know, again, going back to like motivation or like the how, mm-hmm. you know, when you want to learn something, if you know your learning style or you know, you know, how you're smart, so to speak, you can, you can always try to leverage that to your advantage. Because like I said, I used to have this kind of, again, like limiting belief where I was like, oh, well, measuring intelligence or measuring, you know, how smart you are is like a consistent thing across the board. And so like, for example, if somebody, if somebody can just read a page and however they do it behind the scenes in their mind, they're able to just memorize all those words. And then I read the same page in the same amount of time and I can't, well, that just means they're smarter. Mm -hmm. And like what I've realized is, you know, like that's, that's absolutely not the case for multiple reasons, but, but one of them even being just in terms of how you learn, you know, I know I already kind of touched on this earlier, but again, like what's happening behind the scenes is, you might you might see a person who's just reading a page and you might think they're just trying to memorize it by rote but in reality they could be you know for example tapping into like the visualization piece that we talked about where you know they're reading the page and they're forming a story and a visual narrative in their head and all and so like you know whereas you if you're sitting there just trying to memorize things by rote and just repeating it like of course they're going to memorize it easier and they're going to do it faster you know so so i think they're all good all good topics and, and good things to keep top of mind just because 
you know, again, that you can kind of implement them into all the different pieces of the book that, that we've covered earlier. Um, I think he also talks about the creating s- like a not to do list. Yeah. Or, or, well, I think like, what about saying? Yeah. I was, I was, so one of the things that I took away that I think is very beneficial is the critical thinking portion of it, which comes from your ability to make decisions and the six thinking hats. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, like, the six thing hats being uh, to the white hat, which involves information and gathering mode, the yellow hat, which brings optimism to your thinking, the black hat, which looks at the good side uh, or like the, the worst case scenario, the red hat, which uh, means the emotional, the green hat, which uh, it's the, I think it's like the best case scenario, and then the blue hat, which is the management one, which is like the combined one the one they use for every single factor so like this is whenever i was i was was working on a project for my job and we were kind of having in a we needed to make like a pretty big decision or decision that was going to impact multiple people and it was a lot of money involved and all this shit so i kind of pulled this out and it really cleared things up man because you know once you assess every angle you know because you think about like most of us are reactive to things, right? Or like you want to jump and, and fix the solution as fast as possible. Like maybe some of us try to always, you know, play, uh, play it safe and, and try to make the most conservative decision possible. Or some of us make decisions based on like pure optimism, thinking and hoping that everything's going to work out. But then we only consider like only one of those aspects. So now whenever this, whenever you incorporate the six different scenarios, it's like, okay, well, like, you think you only have two options, but then you actually have six, you know? Right. And then it's like, oh, do you go left or right? And then you start thinking about, like, well, like, I know that left will take me here. I don't know where right will take me. Well, what does that mean? And then you could start thinking about, like, the worst-case scenario, the best-case scenario, the logic, you know, if you're taking statistics into play, if you're taking, you know, the emotional side, the the negative side of things, like the worst thing that could happen, you know, and then like assess every single one of those, those factors will help you make a more educated decision. And then, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is like, you know, like the, the fucking top leaders, you know, or the, the top CEOs in America, like all they do is just make decisions. Right. Like that's all they do. It just, oh, okay, we should do this. Oh, we should do that. Oh, we should do this. We should like that's you know there isn't really like they don't necessarily get their hands dirty anymore, but it's like right. it's it's interesting you know like you it's it's almost like the more you know and the more money that you make the less things that you do but it, ultimately like your job is to make decisions and I think understanding how to make like how to do critical thinking and how to make decisions accurately and efficiently is uh, like what he calls a superpower. You know, as opposed right. to just like a, like a camaraderie, you know, or yeah. So that's one of the things that I really took took away from this chapter specifically was the six thinking hats. Yeah, no, like you said, I think it's it's super useful because you can use that for basically any kind of problem solving or critical thinking activity or or instance. Same thing with like this the forty seventy rule. You know, yeah. it talks about. Um, for quick decision making, um, yeah. I think that was that was kind of championed by Colin Powell. Um, so that had some interesting d- 
definitely some interesting, like, you know, again, if, if you ever need to make a decision in, in sort of a quick time frame or, or a quick decision, um, there's a lot of useful insights there. Same thing with second order thinking is, you know, he talks about being able to, to really look at the big picture and like the, the long game, you know, and, and not mm -hmm. just thinking about the immediate consequences of our actions, but also, you know, thinking two steps beyond it. And, and, you know, he uses an interesting uh, example with Peter Thiel and, and Gawker, which I had never heard of, but uh, that's definitely, definitely an interesting example to, to kind of embody that. But I think, you know, again, it's, it's sort of, I don't know, it's sort of hard to talk about that chapter in terms of like fleshing out the concepts, just because I think a lot of it is sort of in, in many ways tying up all the chapters that we've talked about up to this point and, and just kind of trying to put it into more of like a real world, like actionable type environment. But mm -hmm. I think it, it's definitely a really, I think it was a useful chapter because of that, because it, it you know, again, it, it sort of ties up everything into a nice little bow, you know, gives you an idea of, again, how you can kind of use it in day to day. Um, and, and like you said, like critical thinking, I mean, we all use that just as he talks about memory being so important in the other chapter, you know, and, and trying to like, the example he uses is trying to think of a day where you've like, never had to lean on memory, you know, for anything. And like, obviously, yeah. it it doesn't exist. So, right. you know, just as that's so foundational, so too is, is knowing how to think and, and how to think logically, how to, to work through things and in, in a like rational measured pace. Um, all of that definitely comes into play in that chapter. So, yeah, I think, like you said, the hats piece, super interesting, understanding your learning style and, and like your go-to method of learning, um, and, and thinking about things is also super interesting as well. Cause like, I know for myself, you know, again, when it kind of comes down to trying to learn something, I know reading like a big dense tome of something with like no pictures or anything for me is yeah. super, it, it's super tough. Like it's doable, but again, like that, that's when I have to really employ all these other tools of, you know, yeah. active state, you know, making sure I'm, I'm, uh, I have the, the right amount of sleep, the right amount of energy. Like I have my motivation mm -hmm. in line, like all of that has to be locked in. Whereas, you know, if I have something that incorporates, yeah, like dense information and text, but also useful diagrams and like maybe a video or, you know, like things that, that engage the visual part of me, like that's when, you know, I know I'm much more likely to retain something much more likely to understand something so, so it's, it's powerful stuff to have and, and to be aware of because, you know, again, like these are all just tools and just like he talks about earlier, knowledge doesn't equal power. Knowledge times action mm -hmm. equals power, you know? And, and so being able to, yeah. to know how to use these to achieve that action is where that difference is going to be made. Interesting, man. What'd you think about problem solving the study your errors piece? I think that one's, <laughs> that one's interesting because it, it kind of ties into some of what you and I have talked about outside of this in the sense mm -hmm. that, you know, being able to, to work through something the first time in, you know, what, whether you're addressing a problem, whether you come up with the right solution or not, for example, like no mm -hmm. matter what, being able to go back and reflect and see, you know, what could have been done better, what could have been done differently you know, what, cause as he talks about too, like hindsight is an interesting thing to be blessed with because 
sometimes, you know, you're always going to be, I guess, it's hindsight can sometimes bring up a sense of regret. Like, oh man, if I would have had all the information when I made that decision, like yeah. if only versus like, sometimes it's just like, well, dang, like, you know, things could have gone differently, but I still made the best decision that I could have with the, the information that I had at the time, you know? So, so I think looking back and, and kind of studying your errors is interesting because, you know, you want to be mindful of that gap where again, too much, I guess, too much retrospection can sometimes it, or I guess, sorry, not too much retrospection, but retrospection in the wrong lens can sometimes be detrimental, but truly in just trying to learn from your errors and learn from your mistakes. You know, I think that's a, a very important piece that he touched on as well, because, you know, practice makes perfect, that kind of thing. Like if you're, if you're constantly adjusting and learning and honing, you know, your actions, then you're going to be able to perform that much better moving forward. Right. Yeah, man. So it's interesting. Cause I don't, I don't know that maybe you could tell me the true impact of this, but I, so I started studying my errors. Like after I want to say like the first couple of weeks of quarantine and I was like, fuck, man. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And it's kind of desperate, you know. So I started writing everything that I was doing wrong. Like, everything. I started writing everything down. And then after, like, I don't know how many fucking pages of writing, I kind of came to the conclusion that, like, I never really learned how to read. And then, like, shortly, like, probably within, like, the next day, I came across the Jim Quick interview, mm-hmm. you know, with Lewis House. And then... Like, after that, like, I ordered the book right away and everything. And then, well, I mean, I guess, like, the rest is history. But, you know, like, it's it's crazy because, like, I kind of, I, I didn't really, I didn't know anything about him or, or anything about this book or anything about problem solving or decision making or, or, like, that you could even learn how to think or you could even learn how to how to read or, or anything. But, yeah. like, the fact that I somehow, like, figured out, like, how to study my own errors you know and it kind of led me to this book which is kind of all coming from full circle so it's uh yeah it's pretty interesting yeah and in, yeah. i think what i was gonna uh bring up too which i got a little lost in my thought there but uh the the piece too which you kind of already mentioned is you know the piece about one way of, of kind of trying to study your errors or or even just reflect in general whether it's an error or not uh, is, you know, with like the, like you said, the writing piece, because I know that was one thing you had personally felt that you gained a lot of insight yeah. from is not only the physical act of writing something down, but, you know, whatever your, what, whether it's your emotional state at the time or just what's happening in your life or the thoughts you're having. But like you said, then also being able to have like that bookmark basically to, you know, yeah. 15 days from then or 30 days or whenever to be able to look back and see like oh okay that's exactly what i was thinking or that's where i was at and reviewing that and knowing like exactly how things were for you in that snapshot of time and then like you said like that's like an extra piece of data where you're like oh these are the decisions i made then here's the headspace i was in you know like you have all those those extra bits of data to kind of review in that in that time i guess as well is is Mm -hmm. also very interesting yeah man and then uh the so in the thinking exponentially portion i i kind of got the the position or or i guess like 
I was thinking about, you know, the. So I underlined this line. It said like the the line that says on the it's on page two seventy three. It says maybe the truth, the true issue is that you each feel pressure. You you feel not because you personally aspire to these goals, but rather because you live in a community that looks down on people who don't have goals of this sort. Mm-hmm. And then it just like made me think about like so here's talking about uh, an example of somebody in in the harbor's in harbor or some shit but it just like made me think about how like we kind of look down on other people because they don't think like we think mm. you know and then uh, I, I wrote I wrote a thought in here it's like it's easier to justify things with superficial expectations we feel that we quote unquote have to live our lives to fulfill what it is to be what it is to quote unquote have made it you know, but like it's almost like a guilt thing within us, and I don't even know if this has to do anything with the book itself. But like, it just kind of, mm-hmm. like, it just kind of like uh, it triggers something in me, man. And I was like, yeah, it's it's just so interesting because like you know, like it happened to us, you know, like you, you do things because you feel like you have to, and then it's like, well, like I don't know if this is even what I want to be doing. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, but you feel that you have to do this or you have to go a specific route in life to achieve something, you know, or acquire something. Yeah. And then it's like, well, was it for me or was it because I would have been guilted if I didn't? Right. You know, so, yeah, just a thought, man. One of those <laughs> Yeah, no, I like it though. Like you said, it's because then it's again that that process of reading, comprehending, internalizing, but then also kind of like putting back forth to sort of do it all over again. I think there's something valuable in that, and and also like you said, associating with with other things as well. So, no, it's it's interesting because when you take in that cultural piece, like you said, that. That, that I don't know. I feel like that opens up a whole other can of worms too. Because, <laughs> like, it's it's tough. It's tough to balance all these things. Like, you know, obviously the big, the big like subsections of the book were around you know the what, the why, the how, mindset, motivation, methods, and like you said, a lot of times trying to, to find the signal in the noise with, you know, what what's my what or my why or my how versus what's been kind of delegated to me by society or or my family or friends or whatever and and like you said kind of finding that signal through the noise but then also i don't know just you know having that that's that clear sense of direction throughout it all is is i i I get what you're saying it's it's a big piece to it for sure yeah yeah, man. And then, you know, the last piece that I got from this chapter uh, was like step three and step four, just read about it. And step four is extra- extrapolate. Which I don't know what that means. But uh, one of the things that like I've been consciously making a, an effort to do is, you know, whenever I read something, it's like I want I want to write about how I could actually apply the information that I just read and 
into my life and in a specific area, right? Because, you know, I feel like kind of understanding your purpose behind why you're reading actually helps, you know, and then once you... once you take in that information, then you could produce something in writing, which is how the information applies to you and uh, right. kind of like how that, that could impact your life or, or kind of that could help you attain uh, whatever goal you're trying to go after, you know? Right. Yeah, I think I think that is, like you said, an important piece of it as well, because you know, my, my take on extrapolation is, you know, you, you take something, uh, whether a concept or an idea or whatever, and you sort of extend it to maybe something that is, is beyond like the original realm or or range that it was first conceived in, but it's utilizing those principles and and extending them to something different. And, and obviously like, that's kind of what this book is, right? Like you're, yeah, you're learning a lot of things that are maybe a little bit abstract, maybe a little bit, you know, foundational. And then the goal is to, to really learn them, internalize them and, and to, to basically activate them in whatever pieces of life are, are relevant to you. Mm-hmm. So like you said, like, that's kind of what that level of extrapolation is like, you know, for some people, I don't know, maybe reading the book is going to be as simple as just, reading better or reading faster or you know like just enjoying understanding and enjoying like the importance of reading whereas for other people it might be business applications you know they might be able to take a lot of these like like the problem solving for example thinking extend that into you know being able to make snappier and and better business decisions and having better business acumen right other people like you said it might be in terms of applying them to even something as as far-fetched as you know, your, your workout routine or, or like how you go about, um, you know, kind of bridging mind and body. You know, like, there's so many different applications. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, like you said, what he's sort of getting at with that, uh, with that extrapolation piece is, you know, although I think he originally kind of ties it into maybe more of like problem solving, I think, again, it, it definitely applies to all of the ideas in the book. Um, and, and how they can be used, right? Yeah, I think what's important about this book, man, is like there's a lot of information on here that I think, like you said, it might be a little abstract, but I think what's important here is just to try shit, you know, yeah. and like not be scared. Like think of it as a pre-workout and, and we're just handing you a scoop, you know, just <laughs> take it to the dome and because you're not going to know that it doesn't work if you don't try it. And a lot of these things are only just to help you get better. Right. And um, I think though, like some of these could be a little intimidating, like, yeah, you know, some like try to answer some of these questions or, or, you know, like dude, egos get completely destroyed by some of these things. Right. Like it's like you, you're living a lie you know, like reading, like you're not a reader. Like, well, I, I had a perfect excuse why I wasn't a reader. It's like scientifically proven why I wasn't a reader. But then the truth was I just never actually learned how to read. And that was, and like that, that was on me, right? Like that, like right. it had nothing to do with my upbringing. It had nothing to do with uh, like my quality of life or whatever. It just, it just, I just never really learned how to read. And that was it. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, like 
it was very easy. It was easier for me to justify why I couldn't read, and I, I, I was able to quote certain things to, to make it believable, but truth of the matter is, I just wasn't applying myself. But I think, like, that's, like, that's an, that could be an ego thing, you know? Right. Like, I mean, how many times have you said to somebody, like, well, if you don't like this about your body, well, you can go to the gym. Like, nobody's preventing you from exercising or eating better or making healthier choices. You right. know, like, there isn't a single anything, like, stopping you from learning about the body or learning about nutrition and, and, and consciously making better choices. Right. But then, like, if you're not willing to go down that path, then you're never going to see the results and it's easier to justify it with some kind of disease or I don't have time and this is why, you know? And I think it's just important to just take the scoop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like the scoop <laughs> analogy, man. Like, like you said, it's, you take it, maybe, uh, maybe you'll get a couple reps out. Maybe it'll give you, uh, you know, some heart, <laughs> heart arrhythmia or something, you know, a little bit of uh, quivering in the, in the bloodstream, <laughs> but you know, either way you can, you can take what you get from it and either go down to a half scoop, maybe double up on scoops, decide <laughs> like, hey, you need to you, maybe maybe pre-workout's not for you, you know. <laughs> or take it in the morning, you know, like, take it, you know, like, or maybe just work out in the morning and try it then. Yeah. That's a word, like, maybe try to run into stomach, you know, like, but I think, I don't know if he, like, really, well, I think one of the important things is, like, continuously be able to adapt. And I don't think I learned this, I think I got this from this book, I think I got it from Bob Proctor, but it's, uh, you just have to be fluid, you know, yeah. like kind of like this is how I want to live my life and I'll do whatever it takes to adapt to it, Yeah, you know, and, and that comes the same thing with like, I don't have time to read. Like I, I guarantee you that people spend at least 20 minutes a day in the shitter. Right? right. So, and people are on their phones. I mean, I know that I was, so that's a perfect time, you know, as uncomfortable as you may think it is like you're sitting down you know yeah no. <laughs> might as well like get something out of it you know <laughs> put something in you while you're dumping some shit out you know what i'm saying no no doubt and and i think it's it's kind of interesting too with you know where some of the focus was for especially those final chapters of Limitless, because I think it actually really sets up where where we're headed with the next book, which is Deep Work by Cal Newport. Because even yeah. like one of the big things that you were talking about uh, from the, the memorization chapter in, and I, I guess even from the thinking chapter as well of Limitless is attention. You know, attention is super, super key. And, and that was also one of the thing one of my big takeaways from from those chapters as well because i think you know again like I, I think it's so interesting how all the different concepts and pieces of the book are interconnected especially mm -hmm. as you get towards the end because you know like like just as i kind of brought up once you started talking about attention you know i started talking about like digital deluge and di digital distraction and all that that's a big focus of no pun intended but that's a big focus of the book that we have coming up you know is is basically the ability to focus without the stress 
Yeah. And, and that's something that, um, you know, from, from what I've seen thus far, it seems like I, I like the way that Cal Newport talks about it. You know, he says it's quickly becoming one of the most valuable skills in our economy, but also increasingly rare. And, you know, at this point, if you can master the skill set, you'll you'll be able to achieve extraordinary results. And I think for myself, I'm, I'm certainly excited to hop, you know, to keep hopping into the book because, you know, that's something I've just noticed just on my own. You know, yeah. as I've gotten older and, and technology has become more and more prevalent and especially things like social media have become more and more, you know, ingrained into our lives. You just constantly have this this need, you know, to 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 be engaged at all times, to like feel like you're, you're, you know, looking at something or engaged in something at all times. And I think it's interesting, like, you, you know, there was like a picture uh, or, or I don't think it was a picture. I think it was like a tweet. Somebody was like, yeah, I was on the train the other day on my commute and everybody was on their phones except for one person. He was just sitting out, like sitting there staring out the window, like present in life, like a fucking psycho, <laughs> you know? And it was like, yeah. And it, it's funny, like it points to, you know, nowadays you think about that, it's it's so, so prevalent. Like everybody has a, dev- a phone or a device or a laptop or something that, you know, they're they're on. And I think, you know, while I'm not trying to be the person that's saying, you know, that's that's inherently bad or something, I think we we do have to pay attention to the consequences that it can have on things like attention span and, and on our ability to focus. Cause I know for myself, you know, speaking personally, I've, I've feel like I've seen that take a pretty good nosedive, you know, over the last 10 years or whatever, in terms of just being able to, to sit down and focus on something, you know, and, and, and really like not be distracted. So, so I'm, I'm definitely curious, you know, I, I think both of us are kind of going into the book yeah. pretty, pretty fresh. Like you haven't read it. I haven't no. read it. Um, I just picked up, you know, because I had noticed this, this deficit in my life, you know, in uh-huh. terms of ability to focus, I had, I'd heard about the book and it sounded like a really interesting. How'd you come page. across of it? Like what kind of, what, what led you? I think it'll be good to, uh, to kind of get into it. Honestly, I, I think I was like, like, like as, as high level or, or as abstract as it seems like. I think I was really just looking into, you know, because I was a little bit frustrated about feeling how unfocused I would be at times or how distracted I could get at times. Mm-hmm. I I knew I was like, there's no way I'm the only one that feels like this. You know, right. there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be other people out there. And then, so if so, what, like, what's the answer? What's the solution? So I think in looking it up, I, you know, I did notice, first of all, that a lot of other people were having <laughs> the same phenomenon yeah. and, and were like, you know, decrying the same thing. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you know, as obviously I was looking at trying, trying to look at ways to address it. I think I had just seen like on a forum or something, somebody had, had recommended they're like, dude, if, if, you know, whether you're looking to address an area of deficit in your life, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like I was, or whether you're just kind of trying to take things to the next level in terms of excelling in your field um, or, you know, or whatever your projects are, but like specifically tailored to the modern era of everyone being, you know, deluged by technology, then like, this is a super important book, not only for kind of understanding and recognizing the current state of things in, in culture and in current society, but then also how to kind of find a competitive advantage and how to address it. So 
so from there, I, I definitely put it on the reading list and I was like, I got to get to it. So I'm, I'm excited that we're going to be jumping through it together. Dude, I'm, 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 I'm hyped, man. And yes, I, I like cracked it open. Uh, I'm, I think about like, I think I just finished the first chapter mm-hmm. or something, but I don't have it in front of me, but dude, so, you know, just to talk about a little bit what you're talking about, like the feeling depleted and the missing stuff, like I came across this book called The Molecule of More. Mm. And the whole book is about dopamine and our dopamine receptors. Uh-huh. And to me, it's very interesting because it talks about how, you know, dopamine is what makes you go that, ne- that makes you continuously chase what it was originally uh, from a biological standpoint is the molecule that makes you chase the gazelle uh, or the molecule that makes you find water or the molecule that like, even though that you're tired, but like you have to start the fire no matter what. And the molecule that keeps you going because you're almost there. Yeah. Like, it's like the, that, like, I almost have it. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I just can't touch it. Like it's almost there. And then it talks about how just how as simple as sugar, right? Like sugar releases dopamine. And as well as like social media, video games and things like that also release dopamine. Mm-hmm. But the way that we get fucked and the way that our dopamine levels get thrown off is because whenever we're hungry, we could always eat. And we're yeah. not meant to be able to eat whenever we're hungry. Like that's not the way that we're wired. So we automatically start creating this imbalance by fucking eating anytime that we're hungry. Like that's like the beginning of it, right? And then and then you start adding like all the media and, and you know like so I I felt the same way that you felt, right? And mm-hmm. but 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 then you know like it, it also talks about how video games and how they impact that your dopamine receptors where as something as simple as like you find a treasure chest in your video game. Mhm. And, like, you always get, get a prize. Every time that you, like, open the box or whatever, you're always going to get a prize. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. It could be an extra live. It could be another weapon. It could be something that's just, like, an, a, a cool helmet. But, like, it has no – it doesn't give you a, any advantages. However, just because you don't know what's in there and you know you're going to get something, that triggers your dopamine receptors. And mm-hmm. and that that's like how there's this constant loop, right? And then also the the constant of like you're finding that meme that's gonna make you breathe through your nose. You know, you mm-hmm. finding that meme that's gonna actually gonna make you laugh, and wow. you're constantly seeking, you constantly seeking for that like particular photo, or or you're looking for that picture that's gonna like capture yeah. your attention more than anything when you're scrolling through Instagram, and it's like so you're essentially hooked. Right. And then yeah. so it's like to me, it's like very interesting just how uh, like how we rely uh, like our dopamine imbalances are so fucked just because we have we have accessibility to comfort, essentially. And it's right now I'm getting to the point on, on the book where uh, they're, they're ta- the, the author is talking more about like how to appropriately use dopamine in, in, the, in the current world. But one of the things mm-hmm. that he talks about is, for example, in uh, in relationships, 
is that you have to fuck transfer the dopamine that you would get when the butterfly effect, or not when the butterfly effect, but like when the honeymoon stage happened, like those first one or two years uh, of the uh, relationship. It's like, so how do you capture that, right? Because like the dopamine that you get from a relationship wears off after the first like 18 months or whatever, like it's scientifically proven now, but I can't right. remember exactly like the number of months. But it's like, so the key is to uh, transfer the same feelings that you would get uh, from the dopamine whenever you, the relationship was fresh into the here and now, which talk, starts talking about oxytocin and serotonin and, and do things that, that make you feel those things, which, which have the same effect on your brain as dopamine, with the mm. exception that you're not constantly seeking for something new, which yeah. is dangerous. You know, because, like, you know, you think about, like, infidelity, like, does it, like, when the infidelity comes from boredom, okay, well, like, you're, you need that, like, you're craving, maybe you're craving that dopamine from a relationship or from a finding a person. Or you're talking mm-hmm. about social media addiction, which, by the way, it's, I, I think, I think the book stated, I can't remember if it's uh, one of the Asian countries, one of the countries in Asia actually recognized social media as an addiction. And here in America, we don't categorize it as an addiction. However, it produces the same effect as any other drug, right? Like mm. the, the mm-hmm. levels, because like, you know, you think about like oh, you, when your productivity is all the way down, you don't do anything, but then you spend countless hours on your phone, right? Yeah. And then it's like, so you spend two hours or you spend four hours a day on your phone just scrolling through bullshit. But then you feel depressed. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, you, you, but you do spend four hours a day on your phone. Yeah. It, but then it's like, well, I have a chemical imbalance. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm just a professor here. But it's like, well, <laughs> is, is the chemical imbalance coming because you have a dopamine imbalance as well? You know, and is right. that causing, you know, that, that, that initial chemical imbalance? And then, right. And then like, also, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like, like, have you, ducks in a row like right leading up to that sort of diagnosis right like like have you taken care of them first because like you said you definitely could you may or may not but like at the same time like you said have you have you addressed all the things that the the potential things that are are like very much behavioral or, or like everyday life leading up to that like you said like are you spending four hours a day looking at your phone like with like the worst posture ever and like are you eating like you know pizza rolls every day or like you know like yeah before before kind of going to that conclusion exactly and and then uh the other thing is that well so dopamine essentially is meant to give you a reward in the future like you're expecting a reward in the future and you know if you think of it Fucking, you're running, 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 and you're full of adrenaline, and you're full of dopamine because you see a fucking gazelle or whatever, and then you finally fucking, you dive, and you miss, but then it's close. So then you get up, and you continue to go and go, and finally you catch it, break its neck, and you drink the blood, and then, you know, you're the <laughs> fucking king of the world. Well, I mean, like, now you feel good because it's like you accomplished something, but then it's like, now imagine you're producing... That level of adrenaline, or maybe not that level of adrenaline, but your your brain is fucking constantly like shooting this dopamine of something in the future, but then you get nothing out of it. Yeah. You know, the only thing you get is like a dead phone, or your fucking thumb starts hurting, or like if you're on the shit, or your legs fall asleep, or you get a headache, or you know, yeah. you just, or you see something that you don't like. Now you're feeling sad, 
and then you feel sad because you see something you don't like, but then you're like, you've overproduced dopamine where you're fucking all wired up, but now you're feeling like shit. So then it's like, well, like, yeah. why am I all hyped up for? You know, like my brain is like fully active. I'm not doing anything. And I'm feeling sad. Yeah. So then it's like you start, like, you know, it's like your, your brain is, is like an overload, but you know, you don't, you don't feel that we're doing anything. We're just yeah sitting at home, you know, and that's one of the things that I noticed like during quarantine. It's like, you know, he, I'm I'm I, I used to think that I would look at things for inspiration, but instead mm-hmm. I was focusing on what it didn't have, and so I was like actually mm-hmm. like feeling the lack of, as opposed to like looking forward to it. I was feeling the lack of, like looking at looking at all the shit that I didn't have, you know, like subconsciously yeah. I was telling myself that, you know. Yeah. So it's it's uh so that book is very interesting but but I'm 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 curious as to how is it going to tie into the deep work uh because it seems like there's a lot of like the book that I'm reading right now the the molecule of more is more of the science and the reasons as to why yeah why this book exists you know the, Right. Yeah. Like, like that's more of the scientific breakdown or like the biological breakdown. Whereas this one's more of like, how do you fix it? Almost like, so <laughs> yeah, like the sociological piece or the cultural piece, but then also like the actual tangible steps of, of fixing right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. It's definitely, definitely looking forward uh, to that book, man. Good call on that. Yeah. On that one. Yeah. Same. Cause I, especially, you know, as I've kind of alluded to, I think in, in past conversations in past episodes like I do feel like that's a big area where a lot of benefit could be gained like if I could you know sort of sort of unlock you know some of these things of like deep work or being able to really knock things out like you know it it harkens back to a lot of things that we've talked about before like even you know the 80 20 rule for example you know if you can I think that's something that you could gain a lot out of that out of being able to do like you know deep work for two hours and get 80% of your stuff done in those two hours or 80% of the results that you're looking for, you know, for example, like how much time is that going to save you? And things like that, I think will be super interesting because I can see like, just like you said, there's, um, there's so much going on in the background, definitely with, with like the dopamine side of things and the chemical side of things, but also just from like a practical standpoint of, of, you know, day-to-day results and stuff, you know, I, I, I can definitely see, being able to to have this unrestrained, undisturbed focus for, you know, however long, Mm -hmm. I can definitely see how that is turning into, like, a superpower these days. Dude, yeah, man. Well, I mean, so one of the things that, uh, like, I I always, you know, I I think I've said it here, like, a trillion times, but I talk about meditation. Well, the reason why meditation is so hard is because, like, sitting still for that long, it's, it's, like, impossible. And, Dude, like I, 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 I was there. You know, like I remember when I could, I could, I, I believe that I couldn't close my eyes for that long. Like I'll get impatient, you know. And then, like, yeah, it, it's like why and how, and I, didn't, I just didn't understand. And it took me a long time to kind of break that cycle. But like, I could see how, like, hey, meditate for forty-five minutes to an hour every day could seem like fucking impossible. Right, because yeah. it's like when you're telling me to sit here and not do anything, it's like, dude, that is fucking like scary, you know? Like yeah. it's like, 
it's not something that people could do, you know, like anymore because you're used to always having the ability to be consuming some kind of content or listening to something or watching something specifically or doing something, right? Like as simple as looking at things or reading things or so it's uh it's just very interesting to Yeah. I mean, dude, one of the it's a famous quote, I know, but uh interesting that it was written in the 1600s by blaise pascal but you know like the the famous quote goes all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone and you know that i think that's that's a deep deep quote like there's a lot to there's a lot to extrapolate from that but you know i I think super super relevant to where we're at today like you said like we it's it's tough man like when you see somebody when you see somebody who I, I feel like we've we've all seen this type of scenario play out where, you know, somebody's away from home or something, their phone dies and they're like freaking out. You know, they're like, oh, shit, dude, what am I going to do? What am I going to do for the next two hours be- before I get to charge my phone again? Yeah. Like, I'm cut off, dude. I'm cut off from Instagram. Yeah. You know? And you're like, damn, should it should it be that big of a, a deal? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, dude, like. And and I was I was getting pissed at myself, man, because you know, I, like I said, we, I turned off my phone on Sunday, and mm. dude, like I'll walk by 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 Gabby's phone because she's working on like not using it as much, but I'll walk by her phone dude, and I'll check it, just like out of pure habit, dude. It's not even my phone, dude. It doesn't even look like my phone. Yeah, it has this fucking like yellow case. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's smaller than my phone. Like. It's not, I, I know that it's not my phone, but just out of pure habit, dude, like, I'll, like, check it. Yeah. She's like, oh, shit. Any, any text messages? Like, you know, like, <laughs> but it's, like, it's not even my shit, you know? And it, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's fucking crazy how, uh, like, cons- I'm just consumed by that stuff, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. And, dude, what do you know about stoicism? Yeah, so, I mean... That was, I'm trying to remember, there was something that we were talking about earlier that actually tied into stoicism pretty well. I'm trying to think if I can remember. I didn't want to interrupt at the time, but I think, oh, I think I remember what it was, actually. It was in regards to, you were talking about the the different colored hats, right? When, when we were talking about the thinking, uh-huh. um, the, the thinking chapter of limitless but basically well basically like stoicism i'm pretty familiar with because it's it's a you know an ancient philosophy or or branch of philosophy Uh that i guess at its core if you really sum it up it's 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 a philosophy in terms of how to live your life um and the the stoics basically believe that i guess if if you really (laughs) it kind of really tried to like distill it down to one sentence basically that you know, although you can't control what happens to you in life, uh, you know, you have no control over the events or, you know, disease or, or, you know, these big large scale things that happen, you, you can basically, you can only control how you react to them. And so stoicism is all about living your life in a way that you, you kind of develop mastery over emotions, develop mastery over how you respond to what happens in your life. You know, there's a couple phrases and quotes that I think 
kind of give a good peek into like the stoic mindset like for example memento mori uh which is latin and, and translates to like remember death and you know it's it's kind of morbid but you know it, it's basically the idea behind it is that if you constantly think about well if if you keep death in mind like I, i'm not gonna say constantly think about it but you know if you if you remind yourself often that you you know, you have this one ride as far as we know, and, you know, death is coming for us all. That's, that's one thing Mm -hmm. we know. Then it like gives you that much more purpose and motivation in terms of, you know, what you're doing on the day to day. Like it it gives that much more meaning to the things you do. Um, You know, it it also kind of keeps things in mind, like, or, or puts things in perspective where if you, I don't know, like somebody cuts you off while you're driving or something like, you know, like, is that the biggest deal in the world? You know, mm-hmm. like, like in, in the grand scheme of things, um, same thing with uh, Amor Fati, which is um, basically it translates to like a love of fate. And that's same sort of thing, like whatever. It, it's kind of like, I guess if you put it in a modern terms, it would be like whatever happens, happens kind of thing. Like, you know, again, you don't have control over you know, like the coronavirus, for example, like nobody, nothing you or I could have done differently would have affected whether that, that event happened or not. But it's just kind of understanding that like in this big scale, like universe, sta- universal stage that's, that's happening, you know, things are going to happen and you kind of just have to like love, love life for, for the fact that you're enjoying it and, and you're, you're here to experience it, you know, and whatever happens is going to happen kind of thing. So, so I don't know, there's, there's, it's obviously hard to like wrap up like a whole philosophy in, in just like two minutes, but that's kind of my, my experience with it and my understanding of it. And it's seen a really big resurgence right now because uh, I think one of, one of the people who's really popularized it is Ryan holiday. He, he's, I think authored a couple books, um, but one of them being, or, or actually one of them is, is more of like a program, I guess, called the Daily Stoic. Huh. Uh, I actually subscribe to that, but you basically get an email every weekday about like basically some working some Stoic teaching into like current events or, or things that are going on. Hmm. Uh, he references Marcus Aurelius, who was um, an old Roman emperor who was actually like probably like the best loved emperor of all time or at least i guess in roman lineage but he was just super well known for his like wisdom and how he approached things and basically his his book meditations Mm -hmm. was like i guess these days is kind of the stoic manual like it, it it's all his private like diary thoughts and stuff that was published after his death but basically you know shows like how he thought about the world how he approached things and approached things as you know like an emperor too so it's like not it it was interesting to see somebody who obviously had so much power and so much clout but then also how they were like going through the same sorts of things that like you or i would would deal with on the daily Hmm. you know yeah that's very interesting man so i know a little bit about stoicism and and uh, just, but just from talking to some people that I know they're into, I don't know. Uh, there's a book called "The Way of the Superior Man" that references a lot mm. of sto- stoic ideas. Uh, I think I've listened to a couple of Alan Watts talks on the meditations, and oh, yeah, from Marcus Aurelius. And but I, I, I think that's my, that's where my, uh, 
my knowledge and on the subject itself. I've been uh, kind of looking into it, but you know, like, cause just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I have so much that I'm looking into that I can only like, look into you know, so many things at once, but I think they'll probably right. <laughs> like something close to probably after I finish this book on the molecule more, I'll probably like mm-hmm. get something on stoicism because I'm I'm pretty interested in just like the philosophies behind it and and because uh, it seems like pretty uh pretty broish you know and I think <laughs> like like I definitely want to get smarter on that and and see how it all applies to this the new era you know and especially with fucking the way things are going right now with. When, where nobody knows what's happening, you know, and uh, like there's no telling them what could happen the yeah. next month, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think it definitely is an interesting philosophy to to look at in these current times, because, like you said, it's I don't know, it, it's a weird world right now, and you know, that's I think that's kind of how stoicism was born because one of the the early uh philosophers that kind of championed stoicism i think it it started um originally on like thoughts and like musings that he was having when he i think he like got shipwrecked or something and so he he basically just had had some time on, on his hands for sure but then also like it was a big negative event that happened that he like couldn't do much about. And so it's just kind of like, how do you, um, how do you take like things like that happen to all of us? Like we all kind of know, like life is suffering, mm-hmm. you know, like life's not fair. And so like, how do you, with the realization of that, how do you deal with mm-hmm. it? And so like, that's kind of the it, sort of what the philosophy I guess is, is founded on. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, it obviously, keeps in mind that obviously everyone has emotions and like it's natural to have emotional responses to things but it's like how can you be more I don't know like more in control of that like under like making sure that you control your reactions and how you even just like how you approach things with your mindset um it's it's definitely a relevant a relevant philosophy to I mean pretty much to any time but but especially right now like you said there's a lot going on that I think it, it applies to yeah yeah man well dude it was uh it was a a good a good talk today man wrapping up the book libelous looking yeah. forward to uh the next episode and uh right around the corner yeah uh we're we're, we're doing it tomorrow yeah tomorrow morning. <laughs> all right dude <laughs> hell yeah cool man well dude it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure as always, man. As always, man. No, looking forward to, like you said, Limitless. Great, great fucking book. Definitely recommend it. And now excited to, to take the, the next step into deep work, man, by uh, Cal Newport. So, no, like you said, definitely definitely good conversation today. Really enjoyed it. And uh, looking forward to, to keeping, the, keeping the ball moving tomorrow here in, uh, like, 12 hours. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, one of the things I have to say, man, I definitely appreciate the fact that uh, regardless of – I know you've, you've, you've been – like you, you said earlier and you talked about it a little bit in the past and in, in the previous episode – you've been doing a lot of moving around a lot of situations a lot of moving pieces on your end and and, uh 
and you've still been uh been keeping up with the readings and stuff and i appreciate you making time for for the episode man yeah. so uh definitely Absolutely. uh happy happy to be doing this with you man it's, it's fucking awesome so <laughs> yeah man no I'm, I'm excited too and and i like you said we've we've already covered some good ground i think but uh and it, it has been good to have some structure, you know, despite, like you said, despite life getting in the way and, and things coming up, um, it's been good to have, have motivation to keep the ball rolling in the right direction and everything. And I think already we've got some, although we've covered some good ground, we got some exciting stuff on the way. I mean, obviously we we're just talking about deep work, but then you already have, uh, have us on, on the move with the next book after that too, with Jay Shetty. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's some good stuff on the dock. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, man. Well, dude, Again, thank you for uh for the episode and we'll uh we'll talk to you on the next one. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. I'll uh I'll see you I'll see you soon, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right everybody. Carve up. Carve up.